We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Gordon to inbound. Fournier trying to fight through screens. He's got it. Fournier out near half court. Ten seconds remaining. Bullock guarding him. Gibson picks it up. Ball deflected and stolen by Bullock. Reggie Bullock with the steal. Burks dribbling. Gets away from Vucevic. And the Knicks will win it. What a finish. Bullock who got caught with the hell ball situation. Redeems himself with a big steal. And the Knicks win their fourth straight at the Garden. Why couldn't I have been raised a golf fan or a fucking, I don't know, is badminton this stressful? Uh, I'm not even drunk. I swear. I had two beers tonight and I just poured my first scotch. All right. Knicks win. (laughs) Knicks win by one. Somehow. I don't... I do love this though. I do love this. This team is this team is so much fun. We're gonna talk about it all. Um <clears throat> but I have to start by saying I don't wanna this is the most classic Knicks game. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> oh, thank God they won that game. Uh um <clears throat> I, first things first, uh, we're going to talk about Frank very soon, I promise. I don't want to hear anything about how um, 
this was like a lucky win or this was, you know, they shouldn't get credit for this win because the magic are whatever their record is. And they've lost eight games in a row. Like that's a, that is not your typical shitty team. Um, they had Fournier tonight. They had Vucevic. They had Gordon, you know, they played reasonably well. They hit a bunch of shots in a row after they missed a bunch of shots in a row. Um, but if you're the Knicks and you have to play this game without any of your three point guards and like, Again, we're going to talk about Frank, and Frank is <laughs> my heart. He has my heart. He he holds it in his hand. Um, <clears throat> so they didn't have any point guards, um, and they managed to win the game somehow because they have other guys that could do stuff, and Tibbs came in with a, a good enough plan, I think, um, to – to get them to however many points they scored. So I don't want to hear anything about how like this win isn't legitimate or anything of, of that nature. Um, that's first of all, now we can talk about the good stuff, man. I have had, gosh, there are those moments as a fan in your life that you remember for me. I think the first one was pro- the, the one that I'll always go back to. Um, the Ewing, the Ewing, you know, up on the, up on the, on the chair, all the nineties, we had some, some moments in the early aughts. Stefan Marbury gave us a couple moments, nothing really that great. Um, Carmelo, the 2012, 13 team, Lynn Sanity before that, the Frank stare, the Frank stare, man, it's in the hall of fame. It's absolutely in the Hall of Fame. Um, the moment that he looked into the camera, it was like he was looking into my soul. And he was like, I see you. I hear you. And I am giving you what you have always wanted. Um, it was so glorious. And I thank you, Frank. Frank, if you're out there somewhere, you may have ascended to heaven after that. Um, that was just a glorious moment. Uh, CT Pittman, shout out for first comment in the super chat. Frank fucking Nilakina, Harrison Rich, you nailed it, baby. Um, so, you know, and and look, well, there's a lot to talk about in this game, but let me just get the Frank discussion over with. He is uh, the most divisive player in um, the last 20 years of watching Knicks basketball, more divisive than Mello, more divisive than, than anybody. Um, because he makes plays that win games and then he doesn't do other stuff, you know, that people look at and they say, well, that's why they lose games. And then there's that juicy middle in between where you uh, appreciate him and recognize him for what he is and you accept what he isn't. And I'm not repeating anything new here. He made plays tonight that won this game. And I'm not only talking about the threes and, and I said to my wife after I somehow did not wake our children tonight, when he hit the third three, the corner three, uh, the last one, I yell, I, I, I mean, I live in a, a residential neighborhood, and I'm convinced that the people across the street um, heard that because, my goodness. So, um, you know, but that's, that's, that's part of Frank, and Frank needs to do that stuff, but that's not why you keep Frank around and why – that's not why you, inher- you know – 
invest in Frank as a core piece of your of what you're trying to build. You do it for the stuff that he does on the other end. And um, I thought he made some defensive plays that absolutely stood out. And uh, I, I I hope that he's here a week from now. That's all. I I, I <laughs> Frank is about to take me <laughs> away from Mrs. Macri. Mrs. Macri bought me a, fr- a signed Frank picture, so you know it's her fault. Um, Robert Cross gives us our first um, Reggie Bullock comment in the super chat. This is for all the residents of Bullock Island. I don't know where else you go after talking about Frank. We talked about Frank enough. I hope he's here a week from now because I just you know it would be it would be fitting if he was the first extended rookie Nick um, since Charlie Ward. Um, Charlie Ward, another divisive Nick. Um, allow me for a moment to read for you Reggie Bullock's stat line. So Reggie Bullock tonight was not the Knicks' leading scorer because Alec Burks was. We're going to talk about Alec Burks too. But Reggie Bullock took um, 13 three-pointers. He made uh, six of them, seven for 16 overall. Played 36 huge minutes, scored 20 points, three rebounds, three assists, and oh, by the way, three steals. How you doing? So again, I've been I've been kind of playing, you know, on both sides of the fence with Bullock all year because on one hand, I could acknowledge the fact that at the starting shooting guard position, Reggie Bullock is a limited player, at least in comparison to most other starting starting shooting guards around the league. Doesn't make him a bad player. And that's the other side of the fence, which is that I've been saying over and over and over again, Reggie Bullock's a good player. He is he is helpful for what he does. And yes, we pay attention to the stuff that he doesn't do because this team is incredibly limited and they're forced to start him and it stands out. Reggie Bullock in a perfect world should be a seventh or eighth man on a good team. Um, spe- <laughs> I'm going to read your text out loud, Spencer, in a minute. Um, God. Spencer. God love you, Spencer. Um, so, you know, Reggie Bullock is playing above his head, but he's playing well and he's played well all year. And anybody who said Reggie Bullock hasn't played well all year is is just not watching the games. You know, this team is not perfect, but he is filling his role and he filled his role tonight and it was huge. So kudos to him. Um, I have to read something that Spencer Perlman texted me um, a moment ago. Fournier turns the ball over. Was his first instinct to A, go immediately for the foul, or B, put his hands up because he's disgusted with himself with that hesitation losing the game for them? And I won't read the thing you said after that. Um, Spencer called it. Um, Everybody could see it. Um, Evan Fournier, I have said to people who have asked me about Fournier in, in past weeks that I just, he wasn't the guy for me. Um, in terms of someone that I want to give up a real asset for. Um, And I think the Magic are going to require a real asset. And if they were salary dumping Evan Fournier, that would be a different story. They're not going to salary dump him. He's a a decent player. But that's why you don't give up real stuff for Evan Fournier. Because Evan Fournier, I'm sorry, but I'd kind of rather have like Burks and Bullock in the big moments of big games. Um, Let's go ahead and read from Robert McGinley in the Super Chat. A lot to celebrate tonight. But when does Obi Toppin's performance become an area of concern? He looks really lost out there. Um, He does look lost out there. Um, However, it's not an area of concern for me yet because the next time the Knicks put Obi Toppin in a situation that is most well-suited for him to be successful will be the first. 
They still have not done it. And for as lost as he looks, and God knows he's lost right now, and maybe he's just not suited for this level of play. Um, maybe he was best off facing the Richmonds and the Fordhams of the world. Shout out to uh, my man, Ray. Um, but I think there's also a chance that he actually is a good player. And uh, we need to see that by putting him in a situation where um, he is at least has a chance to be successful. So I'm not going to shit on OB after this game. Um, sorry. Uh, Delsky. Thank you for your contribution to the super chat. I think we could all agree that the only time Obi's going to look like a viable contributor is when Rose is on the court. I think Obi just needs to be with four shooters and he needs to be the five. He was the five at Dayton or when he wasn't the five at Dayton, he was playing the floor with a true floor spacing, floor spacing five. And he needs to be the focal point of the offense. I think he is a guy who gets into a rhythm. Anybody who watched Dayton last year, would just see the same thing every time. They would start the offense every game going through Obi Toppin. And sometimes it would work out and sometimes it wouldn't work out and he would kick it out. But those passes, those, those, the ball movement was going through Toppin. He now has to adjust to being, I, I don't know, a, a, a corner three-point shooter who occasionally gets the ball at the top of the arc and maybe tries to do something with it. Like that's not what you drafted Obi Toppin for. And the reason they drafted Obi Toppin is because they didn't think Frank Nilakina was going to be doing, or sorry, not Frank Nilakina, um, Julius Randle is going to be doing this shit. I mixed up Frank and Julius because perfect transition. Let's talk about Julius Randle, man. Talk about people who have um, shot one through my heart. Julius Randle tonight, um, is this going to go down as one of his best games as a Nick? No. Despite the fact that I imagine um, Officer Frankie lock him up. White Falcon 44, good comment. Um, despite the fact that I, someone could look this up for me, I don't, um, I'm not going to do it right now. I would be surprised if anybody else has ever had a 18, 17, and 10 game in Nick's history. Um, I'm sure somebody reported this on, on Twitter already. Um, he had a great game, only eight for 20 from the field, obviously 18 points, 20 field goal attempts. Um, I think he only made it to the line two times. So, you know, um, someone Brooklyn belly saying no. So I'm going to assume that's in reference to Randall's stat line. Um, he throughout the game for as much as his passing was amazing, did force it a few times. And it's amazing that we can now look at Randall at, at a game that he had like this and say like, yeah probably wasn't one of his five or 10 best games this year. And yet this was better than any game he played last season. Um, he's that good. Um, it's, it's, it's time to have the all NBA conversation. He is good. This is real. Everything he's doing is real. Um, he's doing stuff that he has always done. He's just doing it more consistently and he's making less mistakes. So fantastic job from Julius Randall tonight. And I love the fact that they went through him at the end there and he made the right play each time. And I know Bullock uh, missed a shot at the top of the arc. And I know eventually Burks missed a shot in the corner there after they kicked it around. But all of those plays were started by Julius Randle making the proper basketball play. And he, again, maybe forced it a little bit a couple times throughout this game. Um, but that's also not why they lost the lead. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm, you know, I don't want to dwell on it too much because they won this game and, and we don't really need to talk about it. I think they lost the lead because the Knicks are playing without a point guard. And when you're playing without a point guard, sometimes you're going to get offensive possessions that don't come in the flow of the offense and you're not going to get the very best shots. But even as that lead was dwindling down, I thought they made some sloppy plays. 
I thought they made some plays that maybe um, I would have, you know, you maybe would have liked to see a timeout somewhere a little bit earlier in there. But I didn't think they played without effort. I didn't think they played stupidly. Like, um, not going to go off on a rant. Oh, uh, Spencer has a comment in the chat. When JMAC finishes up, go stream Snyder Cut on HBO Max. I can't believe I just stopped what I was talking about to read that. Thanks a lot, Spencer, as my wife laughs from me from the kitchen. Um, I'm going to read uh, Greg Filmstuff's comment in a second. Um, actually, Spencer, I'm going to let you answer this. So stick around for one second. Um, you owe me that for making me read that stupid Snyder Cut comment. Um, I I just thought um, they, they were a team without a point guard. Um, and that's why they gave up that lead. The magic got hot. I thought they played hard. I, I thought they did what they could. It is what it is. I'm not really going to dwell on it. Um, here's a question. Maybe Spencer could type it in the chat and answer this. Who would be an ideal fit on the Knicks at the wing? Moody, Kispert, or Booknight? I like Kispert because he can shoot and New York needs it, but he would just, he, uh, he would need to turn into Joe Harris to be worth our first 2021 pick. Um, thank you, Greg Film Stuff, for um, that very generous contribution to the Super Chat. We appreciate you here. Kevin Ostrom, thank you for your contribution to the Super Chat. Um, we appreciate you. We appreciate all of you. Thank you guys for coming in and and um, and and experiencing this win with me. Um, so uh, as I – okay, so Spencer says Moody and Kispert. I tend to agree. Um, my personal opinion, and I know about a hundredth as much as Spencer does, um, is that book night is kind of more of a hit or miss. He's a guy that needs the ball in his hands and he's not going to be, um, he's not going to be a primary on a good team and he's not a point guard. So you're talking about making him your off guard. Um, and he's honestly a little bit small to, to be your off guard. So then you're talking about, okay, book nights, maybe his ceiling is like one of the best six men in the league. That's a really good player. And I would be thrilled if they ended up with book night. However, um, if you're talking about something that the Knicks definitely are going to need, it's a starting wing, a starting wing. Who's going to be a good, uh, either a really great defender or one of the best three point shooters in the league. Um, I think I have zero questions or concerns about Kispert shooting. And I think Moody's going to be a really, really good two way wing. And if you just look back through the last several drafts, you look at what guys like Macau Bridges are going to get paid in a few years. You look at what um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, oh, uh, Devin Vassell. I know he's not putting up a ton of points, but like, like the Knicks need a guy like that and they don't have one. And that's why I think Kispert or Moody is the guy. And as Spencer said, low key Franz Wagner, uh, Wagner, excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would be cool with him too. There's a lot of guys in that, in that six to 15 range. So they're going to get a, a, a good player somewhere in here. Um, CT Pittman. When we get healthy and everyone is back, watch out. You know, great win tonight, and I open this by saying nobody should downplay this win. I also don't, you know, we're 21 and 21. I still don't want to get too excited. I still look at the Eastern Conference, and I see three elite teams. Just below those three elite teams, I see Miami. And then after Miami, probably going to be Boston. Can we make a run at the sixth seed? I think we can. I think they're probably going to need to trade for someone. I don't know who that player is going to be. I'll talk about trade stuff in a bit. I want to talk a little bit more about this game. Um, but, yeah, are they in the running for the six seed? Sure, I think they're in the running for the six seed. I think the Hawks are, are, are clearly making a run. I think the Hornets are really good. If, you're ask, if you were asking me to bet on it right now, I'd probably bet on them. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Eight or nine. If I Again, that would be my guess. Um, cause I do think that they will make some kind of a trade. I just don't think it's, it's going to be a huge trade. Um, oh, thank you. Somebody, uh, Zolo J, um, bulls falling off. That, that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to compare the Knicks losing this lead tonight to the bulls losing their lead last night. I watched that game and that was a team that was absolutely falling apart and taking stupid shots and step back threes and bullshit and not passing the ball. And like the Knicks didn't do that. The Knicks, like, we're missing a point guard. That's why they lost the lead tonight. Tonight, so I just I, I want to give them credit. They're they're a hair above the Bulls. So, you know, thinnest kid at fat camp. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, also, yeah, the Spurs are better than the Magic. That's a good point, Jonas. However, however, um, the Spurs were not looking great last night in the early going. Um, but they are better than Magic. Although the Magic looked pretty good tonight. Just just saying. Um, I'm going to start answering some questions as I finish up talking about this game. I can't believe I've been talking for 18 and a half minutes. I haven't mentioned RJ Barrett yet, but I do want to answer this real quick. Uh, Jay Nees, do we keep Burks for next year? Absolutely. I was thinking about that during the game. Burks is a guy, I think, you know, we talk about like foundation players. He's not a foundation player, obviously. He's a fung- fungible player. Fungible? Fungible? Um, I think, let's go with fungible. Um, but he works on this team, and they need him, and they need a shot creation. I know he's not perfect, but... And he gets you into trouble sometimes when he tries to do a little bit too much. But he's been good this year, and he's making $6 million. And I bet, I bet that you could probably get that dude for two years, $15 million moving forward, which I'd be thrilled with. Um, overratedness, when do we get Mitch back? Um, I don't know. I would hope in the next week. Uh, White Falcons, starters, Frank, RJ, Randall, Todd, Taj Noel. I'm not sure what. I'm assuming you mean someone other than um, Taj H. I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, let me know because I'm assuming you don't want Taj Gibson and Noel to start together. Um, that would be my guess. Anyway, uh, more on this game, R.J. Barrett. So R.J. Barrett uh, was 6 of 15. He got nine big rebounds. Some of those were actually really important. Those are not empty stats for 17 points. I thought, again, broken record here, but we're seeing growth in real time from R.J. Barrett. <laughs> Spencer, why well, you don't have to comment, uh, contribute to the Super Chat, but thank you. I will put up with your crap, crap any day of the week. It's my pleasure. I can't wait to the wedding. Um, we were talking about that before, by the way. Um, I thought we're, we're Barrett, again, the post-up that we saw Barrett put on, I think it was Chase and Randall in the first half. 
Um, and the other play that I love from him is where he had Vooch, didn't like the setup, passed it out to Randall. Randall passed it right back to him, pulled it back out on Vucevic, drove, drew the foul. Um, just it's it's exactly what you want. Um, still a couple of rush shots, still a couple of moments where, you know, whatever, he's not perfectly all the way there yet. He's 20. It's I'm going to just rename Nick's film school. He's 20 because RJ Barrett's 20 and we're seeing all this stuff in real time. And it's fantastic to watch game to game to game to game. I feel like the last time we saw um, anything like this was early season with Porzingis um, in his third year. And that was just unsustainably hot shooting. That's what I love about what we're seeing from Barrett right now. This is an unsustainably hot shooting that's going to go away. This is real progress. This is real growth. This is a guy figuring out how to get buckets in the league in real time. Um, oh, I also I forgot about the one where he went across the lane and bullied his way to the hoop with the little finger roll. I mean, he has he has three or four plays Barrett does every game now where you look at and you say he wasn't doing that last year. So great job by RJ. Um, Matthew Morano, you think Taj should be the backup power forward? Upon Mitch's return, no. I love Taj. I'm a Taj guy. You guys know I'm a Taj guy. Um, Taj needs to stay in his lane, and I don't want minutes where Taj and Noel or Taj and um, Mitch are on the court at the same time. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Who knows what happens at the trade deadline? But I'm I'm sure I'm happy Taj is on the roster. I'll say that. Um, I saw... Let's see. I saw oh, Mr. Futternick is here. Hello, Mr. Futternick. How are you, sir? Uh, I love Barrett's Hezzy that he's been using when he drives to the basket. Yes. Um, someone from the Strickland, who, of course, is escaping me at the moment, or maybe it was it was Tom. Someone had a clip a few weeks ago of Barrett using uh, change of pace dribbles as he's driving down the lane. And uh, he's doing it more and more. He's just he's in command of the offense more and more each game. So. Fantastic stuff uh, from RJ. We talked about Randall, RJ. Um, Taj was great. I don't know what to say about Taj other than that. I love Taj Gibson. Uh, Burks, I haven't even talked about him. 10 rebounds, 21 points. I mean, just, again, re-sign Alec Burks. What else can I say? All right. I talked about Obi in the beginning, and I'm not going to shut on Obi anymore. Um, Kevin Knox, take a, take a sip of scotch before I talk about Mr. Knox. Um. Oh, we. Oh, wait. White Falcons back. Frankie at point guard. RJ at shooting guard. Randall at small forward. <laughs> no, no, just no. I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't. I think the the Randall Taj Noel trio is a bit much uh, for for me. The East is big though. The East is big, man. Um. Anyway, uh, Kevin Knox. So look. Um. I'm going to have something coming out of the newsletter tomorrow, which I rank all of the Knicks trade assets. Um, spoiler alert, Knox is not going to be very high. I Is there still a chance he's an NBA player and a helpful NBA player to a decent team? Absolutely, there's a chance. Um, but if anybody needed a reminder as to why he's not playing this year, over Reggie Bullock and Alec Burks, you know, um, this is why. 
and essentially, really, Emmanuel quickly took his sh- took his spot in the rotation. Um, because if we if we put Frank aside for a second, quickly coming in and being having to be the backup shooting guard, um, or no, sorry, backup point guard, essentially pushed RJ over and then uh, Burks over and then Obi, and it's like a trickle down effect. So, like, what is Knox? What role does Knox have on this team? I don't know. I don't know, but I do know that if the Knicks wanted to get back to a level of respectability this year where they were trying to win games, and and I'm sure there are people in here right now that we're watching that will say that the Knicks' priority should have never been winning games this year, that the Knicks should have been tanking and, and, and playing the kids. I just philosophically do not believe, for me personally, this is just me, I do not believe that a healthy organization can run out lineups of players who are not the most deserving players to play on any given night. Maybe if a guy is like the first pick in the draft and you know you're going to be a god-awful team, but like, I'm sorry, I don't feel bad that Kevin Knox wasn't handed minutes that he didn't deserve this year. Because what are we missing out on? What are we missing out? We're missing out on the potential that Kevin Knox might someday be a useful seventh or eighth man. I mean, I feel bad saying this about the kid because he's a good kid. He works hard. He means well. Maybe there's still a future for him. But, like, that's not what the Knicks should have been doing. Um, And as it is, they're playing Obi for 10 or so minutes a night that he probably doesn't deserve. You know, but it's, it's a sliding scale. Um, let me get to some of these comments in the super chat real quick. Matt G, <laughs> Macri, seeing your face at the end of the game made my night. Um, great content as always. You've helped me stay sane during quarantine. Also, if I ever see you in the garden, I'll lose my goddamn mind. Uh, thank you so much, Matt. That um, I don't want to get emotional during the live stream, but that means a lot. Thank you. Um, I I do this so I could stay sane. It's the only reason I do it. Um, thank you very much. Um, Chris Childs feels bad for punching Kobe. I hope he doesn't feel bad for that. Um, thank you for your contribution to the super chat. New baby has us back 500 hustle from Brussels for what, for the FTW. Am I supposed to know what FTW stands for? Um, RJ, um, ain't even grown up yet. Change of pace dribbles in the body, locking dudes up in booty jail. Booty jail. I like that. I don't know how I can incorporate booty jail into my daily life, but I'd like to. Um, what else do we have? Tim Kim. Ob so painful to watch at this point. Do you think RJ will ever shoot a, a dribble pull-up three-pointer? Here's what I, I'll say about RJ. I think RJ is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing right now. Do I think he will eventually? Yeah, of course he'll shoot it eventually. Like, again, I want to I want to preface this by saying I'm not comparing these two players. Let me say that again. I am not comparing these two players at all. But if you go back and watch Kawhi Leonard, his first two years in the league, he wasn't doing a whole lot of shit. He was figuring stuff out. He had to fix his shot. Um, sometimes if you have the really special players with the work ethic and given the opportunity, opportunity is key, um, and the right environment and everything works perfectly, you get progress in areas that you maybe don't see any signs of at first, but down the road you get them. Again, I'm not comparing those two players. But, like, just because we're not seeing something from RJ right now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, when RJ's 26 years old, we're not going to see 
you know, pull up threes. Because who knows? Crazier shit has happened. Uh, Carlos Medina. We should have drafted Michael Porter Jr. Um, he's showing what we thought Knox could have been. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, that he's showing what we thought Knox could have been. I will disagree. I don't think they should have drafted Michael Porter Jr. I think they should have drafted Macal Bridges. And probably a hot hot take, cold take, whatever. It's a take. Um, but I believe it. I would rather have Macal Bridges right now today on the Knicks than, um, than Michael Porter Jr. And I understand I'm saying that about a guy who could maybe lead the league in scoring someday. I have my concerns. I have my concerns about the kid. I have my concerns about the back, obviously. And Macal is just like – I love Macau Bridges. They should have drafted Macau Bridges. It is what it is. Uh, Michael Aaron. What's up, Michael? I'm going to give a toast to Michael Aaron. Mm. Do you know how when Randall shoots a three this year compared to last year, we feel good that it's going to go in? I'm getting the same feeling when I see RJ drive. Is this what happiness feels like? Yeah, I mean, RJ's now um, – he's their second-best offensive player. Um, for a while there, I would have given that designation to Emmanuel quickly. I'll give it to RJ now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. It is what happiness feels like. Obviously just look at my face. Um, don't make me cry. Um, what else have we got here? Okay. Uh, we'll take some, take some other questions. Um, if anybody has any trade things for me to talk about, I, I, we have, Oh, uh, shameless plug, uh, Nick's film school podcast tomorrow. We have on Mason Ginsburg. Um, for, uh, he covers the Pelicans uh, for a couple different places. He's really good. Uh, we got into the weeds on a lot of stuff, but especially Lonzo. And he really gave some good stuff on Lonzo's game and what Lonzo is and what Lonzo isn't. Um, and I will just say generally about Lonzo Ball, I, I saw there were a lot of questions in the chat at the beginning about Lonzo. Um, I'm there's a line in the sand for me for Lonzo and of all of the players out there, this, this trade deadline, I want Lonzo the most, but at the same time, like, you know, I, I don't, Oh, it drops at midnight. There you go. Thank you, Andrew. Um, you know, there was a crazy trade that Hollinger came up with today for in the athletic in which I believe he said the Nick should uh, subscribe rate review. Yes. Subscribe rate review to the podcast and give it a thumbs up here. Shameless plug. Um, anyway, uh, Hollinger's trade. Uh, it was the Knicks give up both their first round pick and the Dallas first round pick and Mitchell Robinson for Lonzo Reddick and uh, Jackson Hayes, who I just don't like very much. Uh, like, that's crazy. Um, that's a, hey, maybe the Knicks should do something stupid um, trade. No, the Knicks should not do something stupid. Um, I do not think the Knicks should give up they're actually, you know, unless like, you know, the Bulls like find religion on Zach Levine or, or like the Wizards with Beal or something, there is no, um, there's no player that I imagine will be available at this deadline that I would give up the Knicks first round pick for. I think, again, of the players that are rumored to be available, um, yes, it is Claudio Spencer. Um here, feel free to have a conversation, guys. Um, I'll, I'll just keep doing the live stream. Um, of, of all the players that are available who I would at least think about giving up the Dallas pick for, Lonzo would be the only one. And that said, I don't want to give up the Dallas first rounder for Lonzo. And I really like Lonzo. And I think Lonzo will work on this team. I'm not giving up what's probably going to be the 18th or 19th pick in the draft for the right to pay Lonzo Ball 
18 to 20 million dollars a year. That does not make sense. That is not something a smart team does. You want to tell me you could get Lonzo for the Pistons pick and Knox, you know, um, and, and maybe take on uh, Reddick's salary too, and then you send something else back their way and you make it worth their while with the salary and the whole thing. Um, I'll have that conversation. Um, I'm even willing to have the conversation about the 2023 Dallas first rounder. But I really don't even want to give that up. Um, Just because, again, I've said it again and again on here. You're not trading for the player. You're trading for the right to overpay the player in three months. Um, And, again, he is a player. Like, for for people out there who think that you're going to trade for Alonzo Ball and Alonzo Ball is going to be the answer to your point guard uh, questions, again, I would would encourage you to listen to tomorrow's uh, podcast. Spencer has, has used this term before. Uh, Mason uses the term on the podcast. Um, he is a connector. He is not a point guard. There's a difference. Um, somebody asked what I'm hearing about the, the trade deadline. Um, actually, no, before I answer that question, a few people ask, what if the pick is top 10 protected? No, I'm sorry. No, I don't want to give up the 12th or 13th pick in the draft for Lonzo Ball. I, I, I just... If you could get a guy like Moody or Kispert or or Book Knight or Wagner or any of these guys, um, like, and you're going to pay that guy like $4 million a year, and that dude's probably going to be a really good player for the next four years for you. I'm not sacrificing that opportunity to go pay Lonzo Ball $18 to $20 million. So um, apologies. Um, FTW is for the win. Oh. That's something even I should know. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate that. Um, say, uh, yes, um, people are mentioning other other people here. Uh, White Falcon had one more in the Super Chat. Yeah, I, I think it, White Falcon keeps asking me about Julius Randle at the three. Um, let me just address that real quick. You are what you could defend in the NBA. And in the NBA today, um, threes are really twos. There are no more, more small forwards anymore. Small forwards are now power forwards. So, you know, Randall, if you watch the Knicks and their defensive scheme, he is usually slotted on the least threatening defender, and it's usually the guy in the corner. Like, I don't want to have to give Julius Randall an additional defensive responsibility when he is carrying as heavy a load for this team um, as anybody in the NBA aside from, like, you know, LeBron James and, like, those guys. So, again, um, I appreciate the creativity. Uh, Julius at the three is not something that I, um, I want to do. Okay. What am I hearing? I'm not hearing much. Um, I, I heard a few weeks ago that, um, how do I put this? This team has chemistry and this chemistry is real and, you know, chemistry is important to team success. And from what I heard, um, and, and, Take it, take it with many grains of salt. Um, the people that are running this team uh, appreciate the chemistry that this team has. Now, that is not to say that they are not going to try to make an upgrade if it makes sense to do so. And that is not to say that they wouldn't move the right guy out if it makes sense to do so. But the notion that they are going to make wholesale changes or ship Alec Burks out for like somebody's second round pick. 
That's not going to happen, nor should it happen. Um, because, like, when you get a team like this and you get a team that has been where the Knicks have been for as long as they have been there, and you have a feel-good season like that, I do think you have to be careful about it. Now, that doesn't mean you go, like, all in and you you re-sign all these guys and, like, this is your team for the foreseeable future. Of course not. But I think it, it, it this team has earned the right to ride it out unless an opportunity comes where it's like, you know, it's too good to pass up. That's what I would say. And I think that is that is the approach that they are taking. Um, I, I would not be shocked if they moved on from Peyton. That's about all that I'll say. Okay, uh, what do we got? Spencer's just – he's fired. Spencer's feeling frisky tonight. Athletic barriers are different for different positions. Athletic for a four is not necessarily athletic for a three. It goes for switching positions. Yeah. Um, Tim Kim, in an alternate universe where Leon isn't drooling over OB, can the Knicks get Amino for, for cheap? Uh, we'd have an actual backup power forward. I, listen, if I thought for a second that OB's – nine minutes a game or the reason that they're not like like is there any game that you could look at where Obi Toppin played whatever his minutes were and you're like oh that's why they lost that game I I personally can't um you want to tell me that if they had a real backup power forward Julius Randle could would only play like 32 34 minutes a game fuck no Tibbs is playing that guy he's playing him a lot it doesn't matter who's backup power forward so um, I don't think that would make a difference. And look, I think they are towing the line between development and winning. I don't want them to stick Obi on the bench and bury him there. I, I just – he's in a terrible place right now. But I do think it's important that they keep throwing him out there because he needs to get some time. And hopefully he figures it out. He's a good kid, great attitude, but that's where I stand on that. Um Alex Lamoro, thoughts on Kenny Payne to DePaul? I, I, I mean, my thought. Here's my thought on it, and I said it on the podcast, or I actually I said it in the introduction to tomorrow's podcast. Um, we don't have enough black head coaches in uh, the NBA. We don't have enough black head coaches in college basketball. Um, so if Kenny Payne gets the DePaul job. That's a win for sports. That's a win for Kenny Payne. That's a win for college basketball. Um, it's a loss for the Knicks. And um, I'll be, it'll be the ultimate um, bittersweet moment if he gets that job because, like, we want stuff like that to happen. Um, so, um, you know. He's earned the right to be a head coach of college basketball. Whether he gets his job or not, I have no idea. Um, I, I would love for him to be on the Knicks bench for another year at least. But, you know, I mean, it's 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 tough because that, you know, talking big picture wise, like it, it, I, I hope he I hope he um, I wish him the best of luck. How about that? I'll, I'll say that. I mean, I, but I love Kenny Payne. Obviously, I don't want Kenny Payne to go anywhere. Um what else do we got here? Uh, your boy Ben's always in the super chat. Thank you, your boy Ben's. I appreciate it. Um, I know as we win, it changes expectations. The biggest thing is to look competent and develop RJ. Stay the course and stay in the margins until a star says they want to come. 
Um, Trey Lyles and Kevin Herter. Um, I'm higher on Herter than Lyles. I, I've always liked Lyles. I don't know what Lyles is as a player right now. I haven't watched him in a while. I feel like I've watched enough of Herter to to say, like, Herter's a good NBA player. And I feel like he is the guy that got crowded out more, with all those signings in, in Atlanta this year. I like Herter a lot. And I think if Herter is given a real opportunity to succeed somewhere, he, he could be a really good NBA player. Um, you know, that said, I, I don't think – the Hawks have any reason to give up Herder for like, like he's a second year player. Like what they're not going to like give up up for nothing. And I'm not, I'm not about to give up a ton to get Herder. Um, I also want to say like at this point, it, it's, it's more than just about developing RJ. It's about developing this culture. It's about continuing to, to push this thing on this track where you're winning you know, by making smart moves around the margins. And it's not only about RJ, it's about RJ and it's about Randall. And it's about quickly. Is RJ the most important player to the organization? Absolutely. But is Randall right there? Yes. And I got to say, I don't think quickly is that far behind. Um, You know, we got to see more, but he's like, man, I want that dude here for a long, long time. So more than it's more than just about RJ. Um, okay, let's see what else we have. I'm gonna hit a couple more comments and then I gotta um, uh, write tomorrow's newsletter. Do do do. Spencer Herder would be a nice buy low ish candidate. I believe I remember Spencer Proman at one point saying that he would have taken Herder pretty high um, in in comparison to. Um, Maybe some of the guys last year in the draft. I, I think I remember Spencer saying something along those lines. He's a good player. Um, uh, do, do, do. Jonas Plout, um, Lonzo Levine, Beal Lowry, and Terrence Ross. Rank these five on who you want most to least and factor in potential trade, free agent contract cost when ranking. So, um, God, uh, I want Beal the most because – it's Bradley Beal, then Levine, uh, then factoring in cost this summer. Um, I kind of want Lowry because I think if they got Lowry, I'm not going to say this out loud. Who knows what could happen if they get Kyle Lowry in terms of what other players have played with Kyle Lowry and Kyle Lowry's career and who might be free agents this summer along with Kyle Lowry, and might not love the situation that they're in right now. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and then Lonzo and then Terrence Ross. Zach Koppelman. What's up, Zach? How you doing? Would you consider Harrison Barnes if the rumors about the Kings front office asking too much aren't true? Um, I'm not sure where Harrison Barnes fits in on this team. I see Harrison Barnes as uh, – and I'll steal this from Tim Bontemps, who was talking about it today on the Woj Pod. Um, Harrison Barnes is a 3-4. To me, if you're in the market for a 3-4 um, that plays the amount of minutes that, that Harrison Barnes plays, um, I don't think I want to give up what it would take to get him if you have the roster construction that the Knicks have, which is to say you have a four that you're playing 36 to 38 minutes a night and you have a guy in R.J. Barrett who, moving forward, I think you're going to want to play or toggle more at the three as well. Um, so I personally probably would not 
make a play for a Barnes unless they're just giving away. But again, they're not going to give away because someone's going to pay a real a real price for for Harrison Barnes. Good question though. Um, what else have we got? Uh, no, for anybody thinking I was referencing Demar Derozan, I wasn't referencing Demar Derozan. Um, uh, I'm, the other guy. Do do do. Out with our Knicks. Do you see any big trades around the league over the next week? Um, I am not that plugged in. I wish I was. Um, do I see any big trades around the league? I think Ol- Oladipo is going to get traded, which is why I always come back to the Knicks with Oladipo. Um, if Houston doesn't trade him, what are they doing? If you because Houston's not going to sign Oladipo long term. That that ship has sailed. So if they're not trading him, that means that they could get some value in a sign and trade. When it's like, what are the situations where you get a value in sign and trade? It's where the team that's trying to sign the guy doesn't have the cap space and there needs to be a sign and trade. Well, guess what? Miami has cap space this summer. Guess what? The Knicks have cap space this summer. So again, if you're the Rockets, so okay, you're going to tell me it's a sign and trade where it's a five-year deal? No one's given uh, Victor Oladipo a five-year deal. So there's literally no incentive, to me at least, for the Rockets to hang on to Oladipo to try to maximize his value in a sign and trade this summer. He's not resigning there. They don't want him there. Um, I think they're going to trade him. So then it becomes a question of like, all right, who's going to trade for Victor Oladipo? And it comes down to me, to the Heat and the Knicks. I don't see anyone else who's going to trade for him. Maybe I'm missing someone. Um, you know, do the do the um, do the Mavs do, or do the Heat want the Mavericks? You know, uh, 2027 uh, first round pick, which I believe they could trade uh, because the the Knicks, you know, first rounder. Well, they could they could work it so that you could trade that pick with like certain language that maybe it becomes two seconds or whatever. Like, I don't know. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think Oladipo is going to get traded. That would be my guess. That's not any kind of knowledge, but that's that's my guess. Um, what else? We go? Oh, Warriors. Uh, Zeke Smith. Thank you for that. Uh, that's a good comment. The Warriors. Sure. The Warriors could trade for Oladipo. I don't think that's crazy. Um not 100% sure what they're giving up. I guess it would be Ubre and something. Um, yeah. No, but they're they're a candidate. Sure, that's a good one. Uh restore god. Now I have now I have Spencer infiltrating the chat for Snyderverse purposes and he's tainting my my producer and friend Andrew Claudio. You know, this is where this is where I draw the line. I think I think we have to kick out Spencer Perlman from the chat. I think it's just we've it's just bad. It's just bad. It's, it's not good right now. Um, let's uh, take a couple more and then we get out of here. Uh, Carlos Matos, if we recover Julius's value, can we recover uh, Bodie Heald's value? He was a hell of a player with Dave Yeager. Um, I don't want Buddy Hield. I, I don't. I don't have any interest in finding out if Buddy Hield can can become more than what he is, which is just a shooter who doesn't do anything else and he doesn't play good defense. Like Julius Randle showed signs of being a really good player over the course of his career, and I just I, to me Buddy Buddy Hield's maximum as a player 
is is I just I don't see it. Vivek, man. Vivek, thank you, buddy. You are the man. This version of Randall is kind of what Don Nelson envisioned in Anthony Mason in 95-96. Sands the defense. Not crazy about Depot. Lonzo's nice, but expensive. The Knicks will surprise us with their move. I agree that we're getting a Knicks surprise. I completely agree that we're getting a Knicks surprise. I don't know what it's going to be, which is why I could sit here for an hour and a half and talk about all the different moves I could foresee. I don't think we know what they're going to do. I think they're going to come out of left field. Um, really, Vivek, that's incredibly kind of you. Thank you, man. Um, I, I The first round's on me when when we finally meet up before a game. Um, but great cop with uh, Don Nelson with the Anthony Mason. Um, Andrew Claudio, we live in a society. We live in a society. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I think that's it. Um, uh, somebody asked a follow-up question about Buddy. You can get shooters out there. Like, there are shooters available in the league that don't cost what Buddy Heald costs, and that's all he is right now. He's just a shooter. He's just a shooter. I don't want to pay those years and those dollars for shooters. So, I, you know, I just – I wish he was better than he is. I wish he was better than he is. I know the three-point percentage was what it was last year on that volume. It's just – it's too rich for my blood because I, I genuinely believe that that if you trade for Buddy Heald, you may be stuck with that money, and you may not be able to offload that money if you need it. So, I, you know, it's not it's, – it's not insane, but I it, it's not for me. Um, Spencer. Spencer. I love you, Spencer. Come to the chat after every game, please. I'll pay you to come to the chat for every game, Spencer. Um, last one, Akiva Friedman. Does Tibbs only get considered for Coach of the Year if they make the playoffs? Um, I'll say this. If the Knicks got the four seed, he wins Coach of the Year. If the Knicks got the five seed, He's like five to one odds to win the coach of the year. If the Knicks got the the six seed, I think it's 50 50. Um, because I think it depends on how the Sixers finish up their season, how long Embiid is injured, how they do without Embiid. I think it depends on how the Jazz finish up their season. Um, fuck, I think it depends on how the Suns do with their season, which is crazy, but you know. These guys are all in the conversation, but I do think if the Knicks get the six seed or higher, I would bet on Tibbs to win it. <laughs> I'm laughing at Spencer's text. Spencer, I I want you to be the co-host of these. These that you made my night. You're in, you're you're God. You're insane. I actually okay. So we're gonna pause now, and we're actually gonna uh, skip over to stream. Uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League live uh, for the rest of the for the rest of the live stream. No, I'm kidding. Um, go watch uh, Justice League, and uh, we're gonna edit, exit for now. Um, thank you everybody for watching. This was a great win. Um, really thrilled about this, and um, let's get another one. We have two days off. Two days. That's awesome. I love two days off. Um, they needed this one tonight. This was big. They needed this win. I'm happy they got it. I'm happy they got it in the way that they got it. Happy for Frank. Um, happy for Nick fans. It's been a fun season. Let's keep it going.
That's all I'm going to say. Peace out.